last week that I was ill. I said, you don't want people knowing from the front you've got pneumonia, or as I like to call it, the man flu. Uh, he's fine. He's not going to die. He's fine. He's in Morris. And next week, we've got a bunch of leaders from other life churches coming here. So come early, get your seats. It's going to be fun. And some of them have got British accents, so that's really good. <sighs> so I've got that bit out. What else have I got to say? Come early. <laughs> So, did any, did uh, John, he's gone out, did anybody know what I was going to speak on this morning? No. Oh, God's so good. The Spirit of God is in you and he's in me and we all hear the same thing. And you were singing, Joy of the Lord is my strength. And Allah. So, I'm going to talk about two things this morning. I'm a little bit rusty about speaking, so I am nervous. So, bear with me. I will tell a corny joke at some point. Just helps me get over myself. Because um, I'm used to singing. I'm not used to speaking. My voice has got a very funny sound. And when it's recorded, I'm like, la, la, la. I'm like, that doesn't sound like me. I'm more bass in my head. And actually, I, some of this message I have spoken before through the years, but there's a really weird thing that happens. And Lord, don't let it happen today. But usually our recording equipment doesn't recognize my alien frequencies. And so, okay, I'm going to preach it again then. <laughs> so I'm going to talk this morning about two non-negotiables, I believe, are non-negotiable for every born-again believer on the planet if we're going to go into maturity and be ready for what God wants to do. And so these are non-negotiables for me. These I practice and have practiced for years. And did it get any easier? No, it did not. It gets more difficult. <laughs> but I'm going to keep going nonetheless. And the first one is... Da, 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 da. This podium's a lot smaller than the last one. I can't fit my fat Bible on it. <laughs> Um, oh, I need that for later. The first one is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to keep dropping things clearly all morning. Um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy is a non-negotiable for a born-again Christian. It's not, it's not for negotiation. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It was said this morning, that's Nehemiah. The kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, but righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. It's the third of the kingdom. In his presence is the fullness of joy. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He poured out the oil of joy on Jesus more than on anyone else. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's John 15. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. So we know it's biblical. That's a good start, right? It's in the Bible, the joy of the Lord. But it's the joy of the Lord. It's not the joy of things, love, life, food, puppies. None of that. It's the joy of the Lord. It's of him. It's the knowledge of him. I'm going to put that over there so I don't drop it. <laughs> You can't have it apart from him. If you're not born again, you can't have the joy of the Lord. It's not possible. It's got to be, you've got to be in him to have this joy. It's not manufactured. It's of him. It's his nature. It's what you and I have if we're born again. You and I have been given his divine nature and we have his joy in us, but we have to activate it. I have to activate it. Now, I've always prioritized fitness in my life until the last couple of years <laughs> when I've kind of dropped off the wagon a bit and um, joy is like a muscle it is 
you've got to work it. You've got to build it up. And when you don't do anything with your muscles, what happens? They get weak, they get soggy and atrophied. But the good news is muscles have memory. And so we just have to work this joy muscle. Okay, I'm going to tell a joke. <laughs> Hands up if you've heard the inflatable boy joke. Oh, good. It's brand new for you then, right? So there's this inflatable boy. He's in England because that's where inflatable boys come from. Uh, there's only, and there's a school in England for inflatable people. The headmaster or the principal is inflatable and all the students are inflatable. And so the inflatable boy gets accepted into the inflatable school. Great, he's found his people. But one day he goes a bit crazy, pew, 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 with a, with a drawing pin. Headmaster calls him into his office and says, you've let me down, you've let yourself down, you've let the whole school down. Sorry. Okay. Okay, if you don't want to laugh, just turn to your neighbour and say, could you tickle me, please, or knock me out? So we've got to have some laughter in this room this morning. We're talking about joy. But joy isn't about happiness and being, actually, it's not even about jolliness. It's, it's an inward, deep reassurance that it's going to be okay because God is for me. And who can be against me? My God is for me. I'm a new creation. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. But the reason I feel this is timely for today is because if you look at the world around you, it's pretty dire. There's a lot of horrible things going on. And we have to operate in an opposite spirit to the world because we're not of the world. We're people of the kingdom. In fact, I'm not. I'm an American citizen now, and I'm a British citizen. But honestly, I may have voted one way, but I'm really not either. I'm a kingdom girl. I'm of the kingdom. There's a different set of rules to the kingdom of God, and everything's a little bit upside down. So when circumstances are horrible, what do you do? You cry, you get depressed, you fall into yourself. No, as a born-again believer, you exercise your joy muscle. You start to worship. You start to go to the word of God. What does the word of God say? And so this is something that I practice, and I wonder if you would go on a journey with me. And when you wake up and one morning this week and maybe you feel a bit low, stop yourself say, hang on a minute. The word of God says, and let the word come out of your spirit. If God is for me, who can be against me? That's just one. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Even the verbiage, the way that's phrased, it's not a suggestion. Have a go. Try. It's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Always a continual sense of rejoicing. It is possible. If we're told in the word to do it, it's possible. No matter what you're facing. We had a really massive crisis this week, which I won't go into. But it was pretty dire. It was a life and death situation. Now, I sleep like I'm dead. So when our son is whispering over our bed in the morning at 6.30 in the morning, I'm, I'm out of it. It takes me a while. But Dan, ironically, is quite jolly in the morning. It's quite annoying. And I'm, I'm not jolly until I've had a cup of tea. I'm quite mom-ish, like a mom zombie until I have a cup of tea. And he's just jolly. So we get up, we've had this horrible news, we're racing to get somewhere. But on the way out the door, God spoke to me and said, she will live. I thought, okay. Now, with the word of God comes faith, doesn't it? So I'm like, okay. Now, Dan, knowing I've just said this, he's cracking jokes the whole time. We're going into a hospital, in a life and death scenario. He's just jolly. He's cracking jokes. But you know what? The joy of the Lord comes from the word of the Lord. I've got an assurance. God is on. And, he's, and you know what? She's lived. She's okay. It's going to be okay because God is faithful. 
He's given us a garment of praise, not a spirit of heaviness. We have to actually put on the garment, which suggests to me that the opposite is also true. You can put on a spirit of heaviness if you want to. I mean, you just have to look at your phone, look at social media, watch the news. Don't ever watch the news. Never do that. But if you do, it'll be very quickly you'll get sad and low and depressed and, oh, it's all going terribly wrong and we are all going to die. Well, we are going to die, but not yet. Um, but put on a spirit of praise, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Let the joy of the Lord come up. So I have to choose joy every day. It's not just a suggestion. I believe it is, it is actually a command. And you, know, you don't understand, Fee. I've had a really rough life. What's that, have I? We've all had rough things happen. I've had, last year, so many people in my life died. <laughs> my cousin died. My cat died. People are dying. Things are happening. It doesn't negate the fact this is a non-negotiable for every Christian, no matter what you're going through, because it's the only way to survive. You have to be full of the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. The opposite is true. If you don't have that, what have you got? Your strength is sapped. You become weak. If that's attacked, you become weak. And the enemy comes, in the book of Daniel, it says in the end of days, he comes to wear down the saints. Pat touched on it last week. Brilliant message. If you haven't heard it, go on the YouTube. The YouTube. I sound really British. Go on the YouTube, draw up curtains and watch Pat Broom tell you about the Hittites. Driving out the Hittites. Driving out the Hittites. It was brilliant. I wrote it down. I wrote four pages of notes. It was so good. I'm a good student. I just go around her house so I can listen to her. We were on Bible school together, me and Pat. I called her the wise old owl. She wasn't that old then, but we were obviously a lot younger. Now I'm old. Um, driving out the Hittites. The definition of Hittite, she said, was to drain, empty of strength, to deplete, paralyzing fear or terror to make afraid, to oppress, to depress, to confuse, to dismay, to take hope away, to blur, to make less distinct, to cloud the vision of. Doesn't that sound like the world? Doesn't that sound like the devil right now? Well, the opposite. We're, we're the opposite. We've got to move in an opposite spirit. We've got to practice joy. We've got to choose it every day because it's our strength. And the enemy wants nothing more than to take away your strength. The quality of our life as Christians depends on our consistency in this. You can't just be up one day. A lot of Christianity is like that, isn't it? Often people are up and down, up and down. You know people who are up and down? Well, isn't it wonderful when you meet someone who's consistent? You're like, whenever I'm around her, she's always full of joy. She's always full. Why? Because we practice it. We choose it every day. It's an exercise. You exercise your joy muscle. It's really important. It's a third of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is it any wonder then that joy is under such attack in the church today when we realize that it is our strength and we understand that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy? That's his job description. That's what he is called to do. And he's not going to stop. He's not going to let up. He's not going to give you a holiday or a vacation from his dealings with you. He's going to steal from you. He's going to try the Hittites. But we don't need to let him because you resist the devil. You draw near to God. You resist the devil and he has to flee. James chapter 4 and verse 7. That was a song when I was little. God is the greatest laugh. In his presence is the fullness of joy. He actually sits in the heavens and laughs. And the context of that scripture is he's laughing at the plans of the enemy. People send me YouTube clips, everything, all the time. What does Fee think about this? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. So I pray in tongues. I listen to it. like, is this true, Lord? I have turned into a bit of a conspiracy theorist, I'm not going to lie. But it's not a conspiracy if it's true, and a lot of things are coming true. So 
We'll see. But what I do do is I pray in tongues. I say, Lord, just show me. But the Lord reminded me in the midst of all the stuff. He said, we're meant to be aware of Satan's devices, but we weren't meant to watch the enemy all the time. We weren't meant to keep our eyes on him. We're meant to keep our eyes on Jesus. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you know what it's like when you're really on your own with the Lord and you, have, you just feel his presence and he speaks to you. The joy is inexplicable. You could take over the world. I could die tonight. It doesn't matter. Everything's good. That's women to live in that all the time. And he is available to us all the time. Um, I would say that if there's a de decline of laughter in our lives, and I'm saying this for me, I believe it's not rooted in faith or intimacy with God. I don't think you can have a close relationship with God and be miserable. I just don't. Because he's not like that. In his presence is the fullness of joy. He's hilarious. He's the best laugh. He's the greatest laugh. So if you, if you check your joy level and think, where am I reading the word? Am I praying in tongues? Am I worshipping? Go back to the early disciplines that weren't meant to be early disciplines. They're meant to be lifelong habitual habits that keep us sustained because we need sustenance. We're, years ago, we could probably have got away with just nominal Christianity, go to church, go home, do a nice thing, maybe not be that passionate, occasionally be passionate. We can't do that now. We're in a war. Times have changed. We're in a war. <laughs> no more games. We can't just play church anymore. We've got to really go for the presence of God. And out of this time when we're together, this is a time when we get encouraged and stirred up. We stir up one another. Each one comes with a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, the scriptures say. And then we go out into our workplace, amongst our friends, in the shops, and be aware that we are hosting the presence of God everywhere we go. We are in a war. We can't just eke out nominal Christianity anymore. So the decline in laughter, I do think it's a result of a number of things, stress, unbelief, circumstances, religious tradition, and just growing up. I had the privilege of being with some little girls yesterday who are gorgeous and really well behaved. <laughs> and I loved it. I mean, I just, I do love it. I'm probably old enough now to start thinking about being a grandma soon. It'd be really nice once the boys get married, of course. Um, <laughs> But I, I miss those days. I miss the little days. I loved being a young mum. And the reason is because I'm sitting with these little girls and they just reminded me of me when I was little. They're just laughing. They laugh all the time. Kids laugh in excess of 400 times a day. Adults, I think it's gone down to like 15 times a day. We must laugh more. We must stay full of joy. And just get with little kids. They're gorgeous. They're wonderful. And I just had such a good time. I just felt the joy of the Lord. I'll say this, the presence of joy in a believer's life is one of the main signs of maturity. So if you think you know everything and you're miserable, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if you do everything. <laughs> Sorry. Don't think you do. I think you're a bit dry, like a prune. <laughs> you can't say you spend regular time with God and be miserable. You get like the people you spend time with. He's going to rub off on you. His joy, his life, hope. Oh, unexplainable hope. He's, there's always hope with him. There's always more joy, more love. Um, really, for the sake of the world, we have to do this, all of us, not just me. We all have to do it together. We've got to say we're going to do it together. So put up your hand if you're going to do this together. I'm going to live a joy-infused life. I'm going to choose joy. It's a non-negotiable for me. A genuine revival of joy in the Lord is as impossible as spring without flowers or day-dawn without light, Charles Spurgeon said. We can't have a revival without joy. People are attracted to joy. 
Now, I did have video clips, but I'm not going to show them today because I thought, well, the, yeah, we couldn't get it working. It's all right. <laughs> I want to talk about hindrances to joy, which is the second non-negotiable. Um, I'll get there in a minute. But i just say this. It's not just about laughing and comedians. I love comedians. I mean, I watch comedians all the time. I love a good laugh. The clean ones, you know. <laughs> um, like Tim Hawkins and uh, Nate Bargetsy. There's some really good ones you can watch on Netflix. Um, they're clean. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, he's pretty funny. Uh, but that's not the point. It, I mean, it's great to laugh. It's, that's, that's, to me, that's a practice of laughter, staying jolly. But the joy comes within and the knowledge of him and the scriptures and how he's so faithful, he's so good. Even just that situation for us, the, the situation we were in, which I won't go into details, um, there was a nurse in the room who was, um, her job was to watch this person 24 hours. And of course, lots of us have gone in to visit. We're all praying in tongues. We're all laying hands on her. The Holy Spirit's in the room. And later on, I find out she was loving it. She was a born again, spirit filled nurse. And I thought, God, you're so good. Even in crisis, you placed the right person right there to be in the room praying for the same person. God is so good. He's so good. Okay. I want to laugh at a few lies of the enemy here. These are a few things I think are quite funny, and they're lies. And so when I say them, if you are choose joy, exercise joy, I'm going to come back to that because that's the most important. But let's talk about some of the hindrances to our joy. Shame, guilt, weariness, excessive introspection, having a foreboding spirit. I mean, that's very current, isn't it? Like, it's all going to, we're all going to die. It's terrible, blah, blah, blah. God's not even around. He's, he's not on his throne anymore rubbish a critical spirit a judgmental spirit now i can tell when someone's being judgmental just by looking at them some of you got that <laughs> that was a joke i'm judging you right now i'm being judgmental <laughs> um okay here's the big one being easily offended we've got a picture up there what we got on the screen? Ah, okay, here we go. This is offense. Offense, not offense. It's an offense. I'm not going to talk about that this morning. That's just a wooden fence. Okay. <laughs> I am corny. I am. I'm going to get worse. Um, being easily offended. These are enemies to our joy. Shame and guilt, not feeling worthy or deserving of joy because of our performance. Excessive introspection fueled by insecurity, self-criticism, perfectionism, competition. You'll never be enough. No, you'll never be enough because Jesus is enough. He's made us worthy. Don't even try. A foreboding spirit, the expectation that something bad is going to happen, not hopeful, and it's not based in him. Now, bad things are going to happen, but the other part of the scripture is that darkness covers the earth, gross darkness of people, but the glory of the Lord covers us if we're yielded to him. It's going to get much better for us if we stay full of joy and close to him. It's good news for us. A critical spirit, judgmental spirit, disapproval, finding fault. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. It's not for you. It's for Jesus. <sighs> Weariness, not tiredness, because that goes away with a good night's sleep. But demonic, I said that earlier in the book of Daniel, it says in the end days, the enemy comes to wear down the saints, to weary the saints. It's a demonic thing to be weary. Like, Oh, here we go again. Is there any point? Yes, there is. We, we're, we're revivalists. This is the time. This is our time to rise. We don't have a choice, really. 
So I want to hone in on this second non-negotiable, which is offence. Let's say it together. Offence. Can you say offence? Even his name is off. Off. Ends. Off. Off. Offence. <laughs> you ever thought about that? Even the word offence. Off. It's a bit off, isn't it? It's a bit off, really. This is a non-negotiable. I made a decision a long time ago. I'm going to live unoffended. Am I any good at it? I'm getting there, but it's definitely tempted a lot. <laughs> Especially with Christians. We annoy the heck out of each other, and we don't resolve differences very well, but we need to get better at it. If your brother wrongs, you go to him. It doesn't mean, you know, nobody, this, is, this was a phrase I think Francis Frangipan said, nobody stumbles over boulders. If you hit a boulder, you're dead. People stumble over little stones. They're often petty little things. They didn't look at me, didn't invite me for lunch, they invited somebody else, didn't invite me over. It's horrible. She, she, she's ignored me. I texted t- 20 times. That's just telling, leave her alone. <laughs> leave her alone. You're annoying. But <laughs> you'll remember this because you were in the room. When I say some phrases this morning, just so we're not going to sleep, hopefully nobody's asleep, otherwise I'm really <laughs> boring. When I say... No offence. I want you to shout back. None taken. Let's try it. Blah, 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 blah. No offence. Okay, we're going to keep that up, okay? Because you have to take offence. It's the bait of Satan. He's baiting Christians. The world around us is riddled with offence. Everybody's angry. Everybody's censoring everybody. Everybody's telling everybody off. Everybody's slapping people. What the heck? ridiculous. I mean, the the animosity in the world around us is escalating because sin is escalating and vomiting up over the planet. The devil is kicking up his heels because his days are numbered and heaven is pushing through and saying, Jesus is saying, come on guys, we can do this. I'm with you even to the end of the age. I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness and power. But the enemy is kicking up his heels. That's why it's so nasty out there. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Faith over fear. We have nothing to fear. So um, can we put that picture up for me of a a brown thing? No, the brown thing. The brown thing. That's it. See that? What do you think that is? It's a stinky, smelly cowpat. And you know what's attracted to cowpats? Flies. And then they they yum, 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 then they fly off and drop the poo-poo somewhere in open sores and open wounds. This is a visual, nasty illustration, but this is what offence is. Big, little, indifferent offence is this. It's the bait of Satan. It is poo. (laughs) It is. It's poo. And you know, another name for Satan is Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. Because when we live in offence, we take offence you know what it's like when you're offended at somebody. It eats you up. That's all you think about. And you're actually partnering with the demonic. I'm sorry. I've done it. We've all done it. But let's face it, we're partnering with the demonic. We're building a platform, a landing strip for the demonic in our life. When we take offense and we live in offense, it is poo. It is dung. It's stinky. It's excretion. And flies, the demonic is attracted to it. And it just gets worse from there. You can leave that up. It's quite pretty, isn't it? Quite nice thing. Hopefully that reminds you. Just the word offence and just that. It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want that in my life. It means, to be offended means we feel insulted, mistreated, snubbed or disrespected. At which point we decide 
to choose to be offended. We decide to take offense. No offense! Dwelling on past hurts empowers the devil to go ahead and steal our joy. But offense is never on its own. It comes with its lovely, well, nasty little friends, I should say. Anger, self-pity, criticism, unforgiveness, the spirits of heaviness, the opposite spirit to which we should be living in. The trouble is, joy cannot coexist with a life that is offended. I'm just going to say this. I'm an American citizen. I love the fact that we have a constitution, we have some rights, because I come from a country that doesn't. And I loved living, growing up there, I didn't know any different. But there is a sense sometimes where we think, I've got my rights, I've got my rights. And we do, I do I'm totally for that, 100%. I am American. I am American. I've got two pairs of cowboy boots and all that. So I am. I totally love this country. I believe God's on this country. I'm going to take back this country. Um, but there's something as being a Christian when you come to the Lord. Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I that live. I'm, I'm, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. There is a sense of you lay it all down. So when it comes to relationships particularly, I don't have a right to be offended because I'm dead. Joy cannot survive in an atmosphere where offense is allowed to reign. Joy and forgiveness work together hand in hand, just as living offended works with unforgiveness and bitterness. And, and unforgiveness is very ugly. I mean, that can cause disease in your own physical body. I know people that have died of sickness because they won't forgive. It's totally related, so we don't want that. Okay, can you do that other one then, Joe? So I was in a, in a I'm, some of you may know the story, I've kept it because it really made me laugh. I was sitting in a cafe, I drove to Geneva, it was a snowy day, I parked the car in between two cars, went to a cafe, met a lady, chatting about things of the Lord, having a lovely time, talking about living unoffended. <laughs> and I come out, the snow has melted, two cars have gone, and I'm clearly straddling the bay, I'm on top of the yellow line. But I didn't know before because there was two cars there and it was snowy. And this is on my, wind well, my window. Hey, the lines aren't just a suggestion, idiot. Spread the love, parking lot justice. <laughs> so what did I do? I laughed out loud. So when offense comes, I laugh out loud as soon as it raises its ugly head. But then I thought, gosh, some poor thing made, has made it their mission to make printed cards for idiots like me. <laughs> what a waste of a life. Oh, my gosh. So I've come up with a few things that I do to stay unoffendable because it happens. We're going to get people are going to be nasty and mean because they are. They don't have Jesus in their hearts. Number one, I realize that I, too, can cause offense. We offend people and equally, equally we need forgiveness. So I, that's number one. I, make, I, can, I can upset people, too. I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to take offense. No offense. Number two, I realize that overcoming offense is actually necessary for my maturity because it can't cohabit with joy and joy is essential for our maturity as Christians. So I realize that overcoming offense is necessary for my maturity. No offense. Our response is more important than the situation itself. 
we like to say it's more important to win the person than the argument. That's true. I mean, many times I've just sat there and, and just put it right, even though I wasn't really wrong, because I want to win them. It's just worth doing. A soft answer turns away wrath, the Bible says. No offence? Number four, increase your rejoicing when offence raises its ugly head. Increase your rejoicing. Start praising. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Increase your rejoicing when offence raises its ugly head right at the door. Before you don't open the door to it, right there. I'm going to increase my rejoicing. Don't let it control you. And remember, Galatians 2.20 is number five. You're dead. Dead people don't get offended. Dead people don't do anything. (laughs) They're in heaven. See, we need this for this life. We need all this for this life because when we're in heaven, I'm not going to need to know any of this. I've got a house full of kittens, a talking lion, a unicorn waiting for me. It's going to be awesome. We need it now. You've got to practice this now. Can't wait for that talking lion. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. Heaven's going to be awesome. It's a real place. We'll be together forever. Better get used to each other. <laughs> you annoy me, I annoy you. We're going to get better used to each other. <laughs> no offence! You know when Nehemiah was building the wall and he was up on the wall and the, the guys, Sam Ballot and whatever they're called, I don't remember their names because they're not good people. They're taunting him, what are you doing, making fun of him. And he, he refuses to come down. That is what we need to do with offence. We're doing a good work. We refuse to come down and converse with our enemies. We've got a big vision. It's hard to, when you've got a big vision, it's hard to get offended as you see things from a bigger perspective. This is so petty. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this stupid stuff. We're busy doing a great work for God. So be hard to offend. Live light. Don't mull over negative things. Think on lovely things. Philippians 4, 4. That which is lovely, just, pure, honest, of a good report. Think on these things. You know, that was written there for for us, particularly in our day, because there's lots of horrible things. But if we follow that prescription alone, that which is lovely, honest, just, pure, of good report. Think on these things. Think on these. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Even more so today, be careful how you hear. Media, information, voices. Let's listen to him. Let's let joy take over. It'd be good to read through Philippians over and over because it's a very joyful epistle. It's a very joyful epistle as opposed to the not joyful ones. Um, I have this joke with Dan because I find myself in meetings that I find quite boring, uh, kind of important, I suppose. And I think think several things like, why am I here and where are the snacks? (laughs) Or the toilet and I'll just disappear for a while. But I do have this thing where Dan will turn to me at crucial moments and he knows better by now. He should stop. We've been married 25 years. And he'll say, any thoughts for you? And I said, oh, oh no, I try not to have any of those. (laughs) I'm much happier for it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's actually good for your health. A merry heart does good like a medicine, Proverbs says. And we know that it is proven that laughter is good for many health benefits, some of which are boosting your immune system. How much do we need that right now? Lowering your blood pressure, lowering stress is a good antibiotic. It helps fight germs, etc., etc. We can't afford to allow this vital quality to be in any way diminished in our lives. And the Hittites, eroding, diminishing, this is what the devil is trying to do. And we're not going to let him. 
So I'm going to go back to joy for a second before I finish. So this is a joy sandwich. Joy, no offense. Okay, you got it. Joy is our priority. It's a priority. This is a serious message this morning. It's very, very serious. This is a priority. <laughs> Joy is part of God's health plan for you, actually. Health and wellness. Spirit, soul, and body. Biblical joy is a catalyst to breakthrough. And we should have such a joyful expectation that things are going to be, not just be okay, but are going to be great because of knowing him. Romans fifteen thirteen is one of my favorite verses. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now hope is the positive optimistic expectation that good is coming. It's the opposite of the you know doom and gloom. Biblical hope is the expectation something good's going to happen because God's got this. Um, some of you know I have a very smelly old dog called Cyrus. I mean, he is lovely. He, he looks lovely. He reminds me a lot of my dad. I know my dad's not going to listen to this. My dad's 91. And my dad is a real man of faith. But he's 91 and he's got a bit of dementia. And he, they don't go out much because, you know, it's England. And uh, it's raining. <laughs> um, but, but he's got just such a lovely face, my dad. Big eyes. And when you talk to him about the Lord, he comes alive. His spirit comes alive. Well, Cyrus, he does look a bit like my dad, the big eyes and not lovely face. Um, bit smelly, bit bad breath. Anyway, um, Cyrus, there's three things we're really careful around our dog. Even now, handling of plastic bags, the sound of rustling, the sound of the lead. If I touch it, even putting a coat away, he's, he's ready. And number three, we cannot say the word W-A-L-K in front of him. He might be here, so I've got, I can't risk it. I can't risk it because I don't really feel like taking him out, so I can't risk saying it. Um, we have to spell it because he hears it. He just goes nuts. He's so excited. That is his world. That one tiny short walk he gets now and then. <laughs> Poor dog. <laughs> he cannot contain his excitement, his eager anticipation of something good that's about to happen to him. That is how we should be as Christians. When we get up in the morning, what are you going to do today, God? What are you going to do today? I'd have to do this. i got a lot on my plate. I have to do this, and I do do this. I practice this. But we've got to do it together. And then you've got to tell everybody else you know that's a Christian, you've got to do this. Because if we're going to really see revival, it's going to be an army of us, not just one or two. Everybody's all hands on deck. We've all got to do this. Uh, okay. So I'm just going to finish up here, and we're going to take our, I say break bread, but we're going to click open a wafer. <laughs> Bring back the cup. We are bringing back the cup because we're a household of faith. And you know this, you can't take the cup and get sick because it's holy. It's supernatural. I mean it. I'm not joking about that one. <laughs> but we'll do the little sippy cups again today in a minute. Um, decide to be a joy bringer. Be a source of life. You know, it's contagious when you're excited. It's exciting to be around people that are fun. There's a lot of comedians in this church, and I love laughing. I love being around funny people. It's, it's attractive. So decide that you're going to be a joy bringer. Decide that you're not going to be the one sucking lemons and complaining and judging. Decide that you're the one. I'm going to be a joy bringer. I'm going to be somebody that people want to be around. 
You know, it doesn't mean, see, in Psalm 84, it talks about going through the valley of Baca, which is the valley of weeping. Going through, we can make it a spring and we go from strength to strength. There's a, if, if you read it in your own time, Psalm 84, there's a principle there that even when we're going through a really hard time in the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, when things are not very nice, we have a, an ability to turn that place into a spring, a life-giving place where we can go from strength to strength. We're supernatural beings. There's so much untapped depths to a Christian, to a born-again Christian. That we're untapped. We're untapped. There's so much in you that you haven't even tapped on. The power of the God. Um, turning hopelessness into life and joy. We're going to try this. I did, didn't get my notes in in time. So if this doesn't work, it's fine. Can you put up that last one? Okay. Can you read that? Can you all see it? Okay, we're going to declare this together, and then we're going to break bread. So we're going to declare it, and then I want you to get your little cup in your hand. And I want you just, when we've done this, I want you to think, Lord, is there anybody that I'm annoyed at? <laughs> That's irritating. I don't know. But if you've got something outstanding you need to put right, don't make it up. You know, some things you just need to build a bridge and get over it, honestly. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you can play if you want. It's going to be great. <laughs> Tinker on the ivories. So... <laughs> I'm not being like overly introspective here. Don't be like inventing stuff. But you know if you've got an issue with somebody, just go to them. Say, please forgive me. I've been harboring this. But sometimes you, here's the thing. If it's just your thought life and it's not actually happened in the real world and it's just you, you can take it to the Lord. Otherwise, you could go to someone and really make their life miserable. Like you've been thinking all these horrible things about me. I had no idea. They don't need to know that. It's you need to grow up. You do. Sorry. <laughs> no offense. Okay, good. Because there are certain things that I'll have a thought about something and I go to God with it. And I'm like, I just need to get over this. That's not right. Lord, help me. Help me to love that person. They're annoying. Help me to love them. Really annoying. Let me, help me to love them. Help me to think, see the best in them. You know, and the Lord helps you, doesn't he? That's, but if you've got something, go to that person. Let's have a go at this then. We'll try and do it at a slow pace. One, two, three. I choose joy, practice joy, and bring joy. I'm learning how to rejoice in the Lord always. I continually turn my heart toward his goodness, love, and promises. I verbalize praise, thanksgiving, and adoration to Jesus. I don't wait for circumstances to change before rejoicing. But my rejoicing changes circumstances. Jesus lived uncompromising in the world with joy, and so can I. I serve the Lord with joy and gladness. I will rejoice always in him. I choose to live an unoffended life and not allow the enemy to steal my joy in any way, shape, or form. I daily practice joy and laughter as part of my health and wellness program. So take the cup and let's just pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord, that 
You're on our side and you're with us always. And if God is for us, who can be against us? God, we choose today. We choose joy and we choose to live unoffended. These two non-negotiables for every believer, we adopt them into our lives today and we will practice them. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in this house and across this land. I thank you that you're doing way more behind our backs than we can even see. We thank you that you're at work and you're the God that answers our prayers. We put all our hope and our faith in you. And as we take this this bread and this cup today, we thank you for the supernatural connotation it has for us, that we are forgiven, we are healed, that your blood forgives all our sin, that you broke your body for all our healing, that no harm shall befall us and no plague can come near our dwelling place, that you're the Lord that heals us. And we choose to forgive, we choose to walk in love. We give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory this morning. And all God's people said... No offense. Thank you. Let's take the cup. Go and pray with someone.